Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Deutsche Bank Private Bank's Chief Investment Office Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Sarah Stabler from Deutsche Bank Communications in Singapore, and I'm today talking with our Chief Investment Officer for ESG, Marcus Muller, who's just returned from Dubai at the UN Climate Conference, uh, COP28. So it's a special edition to look at developments of, of COP in Dubai. Marcus, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Our absolute pleasure. I can't wait to hear your views of COP and, and how how things are progressing. Um, but before we begin, I just a, a quick reminder for our listeners um, that we're recording this on Friday, December 8th for the week ahead, beginning the 11th of December. Uh, and while we will talk about key COP developments, uh, toward the end we'll, we will um, touch on some key economic um, data that's expected. So let's kick off, Marcus. Uh, it was your fourth COP. Um, yes. and I know. And uh, after so many years um, of talks, and is the world any closer to the Paris Agreement of limiting temperature rise to 1.5 degrees? That's a... Unfortunately, unfortunately, Sarah, not. So unfortunately, the world is far away from 1.5. Um, and we've seen this during the publication from University of Exeter of the carbon budget, as well as a day later around the tipping points, but also the global stock take, which is anchored in the Paris Agreement, showed that there is not real achievement so far. But nonetheless, I think now it's on the table. And this was also the mood on the ground, especially also from businesses, um, that that they really see that they can be part of the solution. And despite this dire oblique outlook, on the other side, I've really felt that there is a big, big motivation to get it solved and get it done. I think um, sometimes we need to be very true and honest about that we are not where we want to be in order to get really the momentum now taking off and going in the right direction. Mm, thanks. It's it's a little bit um, a little bit yes, uh, sad, yeah. but but you know we have to be optimistic and positive and look forward and, and look at action. Um, so speaking of action, in your view, wh what was the single uh, COP development, this this COP, that will have the greatest impact on communities, companies, ec economies, and in the transition to net zero? Yeah, so we have ONS three important highlights. Uh, last year, Charles Scher, for instance, um, the, the, con the parties of the conference, so the United Nations countries um, announced the support and the launch of the loss and damage fund and the funding which has been agreed in this year is really, really a very positive signal because this loss and damage fund is a fund dedicated to the countries which needs to mitigate um, the negative impact of, of the change in environment. And these are especially countries of the world south, which based on their debt levels, I really need support also from the global north in order to get the mitigation and then also the transition going. This is point number one. Point number two is what I really found um, breathtaking is the commitment to tripling renewable energy capacity globally. Mm -hmm. This is an extraordinary sign that everyone has understood that we need to have a carbon-free world and that this is the only way in order to keep our planetary boundaries in check. 
despite maybe the truth that we will see some overshooting um, towards 2.5, 2.7 degrees. Mm. And then in 40, 60 years, we're going back to the trajectory of 1.5 degrees. But I think the action must take place now. And lastly, um, we've seen the new um, corporate net zero disclosure database. So where we really can, can get access data um, about how far corporates are away from, from their net zero pledges, because this transparency is also needed from a risk perspective to really get a handle on the question, um, how good are companies and corporates in, in this context to fulfill their, their commitments? If we are all right, or if the scientists are right, and if we are going into this more bleak outlook, then it's important that corporates are preparing for this. And such a net zero database shows us how serious corporates are taking this. So these have been my really three important, important pledges or communication bits and pieces of this COP so far. But it sounds like progress, which is really good. Yes, absolutely. But one thing you also could, could see, I had really the first time two deliberate exchanges with, on the one side, with the use of the big island states, as I call mm. them, and on the other side, in the United Nations context, an intergeneral, um, intergenerational dialogue. And I have to say, this was so eye-opening and so great to hear how eager the youth is to work with us incumbents together to get this really, really fixed. And we all have said that there is rather an opportunity than, than just a threat. Mm, absolutely. So speaking of um, uh, the people attending COP, there were huge numbers this year. Uh, and COP28 reportedly attracted a record number of people in finance. Is this a good or bad development? And what does it mean for green and blue finance? I think this is a very, very good development and it's a great development because what does all this policy make without the involvement of businesses? Because in the end, it is not just about limitation. It is also about development and progress incentives. In the end, if we do it right, the sustainability transformation can be one of the biggest sources for prosperity. And hence, it's really great that we have so many people from the business side, but also financing side on the ground as finance is needed in order to get this transition done. And it not just can be done through public finance, also the private sector must must have in here. So it's really now mainstream. So everyone who is saying ESG or sustainability is not mainstream. This is the proof of the pudding that it has landed in the center of society. And we are not talking about these strategies. It's more about how to finance the transition to a sustainable economy which affects all investors in, in the end, all of us. So financial innovation will continue and finance is part of the solution. It is not the goal in itself, I have to admit, but we really can, can provide the power of our balance sheets and also the knowledge we have in, in this field. Hence, finance must be and was a part of the discussion and had a, not just one chair, had multiple chairs at the table. And you... Um, and know from our um, and, and some some of you know from our uh, from our survey that um, ESG investments, particularly the energy transition, is priority for our our clients. And this is what we have touched on earlier, because the world is dependent on energy, and if we want to move there, um, we need to support this through the capital market. So I I think this is a really a crucial development we've seen, which started to emerge during the last years, but now 
finance is really also at center stage. Yeah, that's great. And of course, Deutsche Bank uh, announced today or Aura with our partner Aura that we're joining the Back Blue uh, Ocean Finance yes. Commitment, which is Absolutely. very exciting. This is great because um, we've seen the presentation from, from many scientists which are saying the ocean is our ally in combating climate change. And if we do not get the blue economy, which is the seventh or eighth biggest economy in the world, if it would be a country, if we do not transform this into a sustainable and equitable um, economic structure, then we really take away the ability of Mother Earth to, to help us combating climate change. And this, this commitment underlines that finance must take nature into consideration in its decision-making processes. And this is also, if you want, from a, from a finance point of view, and as I said, an opportunity, but also a risk management perspective. Because if we understand the risk standing out of natural degradation, the quality of these activities will increase. So and I'm really pleased and proud of our partnership with Aura and that we that we've joined hashtag Absolutely. It's fantastic. Uh now turning to macro markets, uh what should our listeners be looking out for uh this week? Yeah, first of all, we have to say that markets were supported last week by softer US and European data, raising hopes for earlier rate cuts. In a classic um the bad is good way, I would say which we've been used to um, since the start of the financial crisis in, in 2008. So there were further faults in, in the US and German bond yields last week and equity market gains with the German DAX hitting a record high. But I wouldn't be complacent about the markets in the run-up to Christmas. I think volatility is, is still likely. The problem is that sharp risk um, in, in market expectation on rate cuts in 2024 aren't really justified by the economic data. Markets are overplaying the likely extent of any, any global slowdown. An immediate challenge here to current upbeat market views could come from US CPI data mm. due on Tuesday next week. Mm. If inflation is higher than expectations, markets will suffer, but it's not a must. Let's, let's see. And then um, I do not expect um, from the FOMC next Wednesday or ECB next Thursday, um, the meetings to cause major shocks um, in terms of unexpected rate moves or changed outlook commentary. But markets could still overreact from my point of view to the Fed and ECB's new economic forecast and, and dot plots, which also in this context will will be shown. Our base case at Deutsche Bank Chief Investment Office will be will will hold um, is that the central banks won't be in a hurry to, to cut rates. They know from history that taming inflation is, is difficult. So we are talking about uh, decent gains in markets, not dramatic one. Markets and investors need to stay realistic in 2024. So in a nutshell, key data points for next week includes the US consumer price inflation on Tuesday. One thing which I commented on, but which is important to bear in mind, Chinese industrial production retail sales next Friday. And again, the FOMC rate decision on Wednesday, plus its forecast. Thank you, Marcus. I think we covered quite a lot um, in today's oh, yes. podcast. I feel like we could really um, unpick a, help a lot more, but um, let's leave that for another day. So, um, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much, and um, uh, uh, wishing you a great week ahead. 
In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia-Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.